Live from Mexico City, this is The Late Late Show with Rich Wrigley. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Late Late Show with me, Rich Wrigley. Um, yeah, this is the last uh, one of the term, so let's chill out and have a good time. Hey, so it's The Late Late Show with me, Rich Wrigley. Hi, everyone. Live from Mexico City, this is The Late Late Show with Rich Wrigley on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to The Late Late Show with me, Rich Rigney. We've got a great show lined up for you this evening. We're going to just be talking about pretty much anything you want. We're going to be talking about international things, I don't know. <laughs> so you can tell it's very much the end of term vibe here. So we'll talk a little bit about like Christmas traditions in in Mexico and abroad and what it's kind of like in teaching abroad and then having to live abroad as well. So how is everyone doing? Please do text in. Uh, it's always great to hear from everyone. And we're just going to be talking about whatever people fancy. I hope everyone's doing okay. I hope everyone's safe in the UK. I've been following Twitter and I've just kind of started banging my head against the wall as people were, uh, <laughs> as, as people are slowly falling victim or succumbing to COVID infections and just sort of banging my head against the wall against about how the UK has been <laughs> handling this whole situation by like not, you know, supporting teachers, not properly ventilating the rooms, not, you know, making masks mandatory. And then I see what's happening in schools here in Mexico, both public schools and private schools or public schools as in like state schools. And it's a world of difference of what, you know, what we're doing here compared to what things are happening, you know, how things are happening over in Mexico, um, in the UK right now. I mean, I finished, we finished here last Friday. Throughout the whole time, we've had a hybrid model for the first half term. And then the second half term, we had a regular model with 100% presential classes. If a year group uh, showed any cases, then we would have to isolate that year group uh, for, I think it was a set number of days until uh, the students could come back in or prove that they had a negative PCR test. Really, really straightforward stuff. Um, if a whole year group had to isolate, then we would do online lessons, which, to be honest, was terrible because it's online lessons from school while you're teaching a full timetable. I would say that's the only negative thing. But on the whole, bearing in mind this is a global pandemic, we've got limited resources. Even as a private school, I would say we've got limited resources every now and then. We've handled it relatively well, and it's just been organized pretty much by our senior leadership team as a, as a private school. And you just look at it and go, how on earth can the UK government decide the things they're deciding? It's just bonkers. And I'm so sorry that people in the UK are having, or teachers, staff, educators, students in the UK have to go through all of this nonsense, because all it's going to do is lead to further lockdowns, further spread, further risk for a lot of other people. And it's just so easy. I mean, like, I have to teach with a mask on for like an eight hour day. It's it's not great. Don't get me wrong. I'd much rather teach with a mask off. But, you know, the basic 
phrase that we have here is whenever anyone complains about something, we go, well, yeah, COVID's probably worse than that. So, you know, let's suck it up for a little bit and then we're good to go. <laughs> so anyway, you're listening to The Late Late Show here on Rich, uh, here on Teachers Talk Radio. You can tell it is already the Easter, or the summer holidays because, well, not the summer holidays, the Christmas holidays, because I'm very much in a demob kind of spirit. I'm stumbling all over the place here, so apologies for that. We're going to start talking about international teaching and what's it like in the holidays if you're an international teacher and what you can expect as an international teacher. Your mileage may vary uh, depending on which school you're in, but please, or which country you're in, but please do ask away what kind of you know, what kind of things that you could expect as an international teacher living abroad. Um, for those of you who don't know my backstory, I lived abroad a lot as a kid as well. So I used to have to do this as well, like or have holidays as or holidays and festivals as a kid as well growing up. And generally, it's I really like it. In fact, it's more like home for me now, having holidays abroad or like Christmas breaks abroad and things like that uh, than in other countries, um, than at home and things like that. So for me, the best advice I could give anyone looking to become an international teacher is don't panic too much about what you're going to do over the Christmas break. When I f first moved out to Mexico, it was my first, uh, well, second time living away from the UK without my family. And for the first Christmas, I decided to fly to the States, which, yeah, you could <laughs> you can't do nowadays, but I decided to fly to the States and took a train trip across the uh, eastern United States to the Grand Canyon. You can pretty much do whatever you want, but... I find that a lot of like international teachers kind of stress out and get very, very homesick at this time. And there's a lot of ways that you can easily sort of remedy that. The first thing I would suggest is really, really make an effort at the start of the year when you first move out to really integrate with your host, host country. There's loads of ways of doing that. If you're in most international schools, we'll have local staff as well, or like teachers from the, you know, from the home country or whatever you want to call it. And if you can make friends with those, uh, with people like that, they can really sort of help you integrate with what's, you know, festivities and fun things, uh, you know, during holidays and things like that. And I find that the teachers that have the less fun time are the ones that really, really focus on living or what everything is, what they are missing out on in the UK. So what kind of things that, you know, like what kind of food they can't get hold of, what their family would be doing, what their friends in the UK would be doing, or their friends in their home country would be doing. And because of that, they miss out on a lot of great new experiences and things like that. So when I first moved abroad as an international teacher, I think one of my suitcases was just packed with all the food I thought I was going to miss. Obviously, all the packaged food and things like that. So I've talked about this before, but things like Marmite, jars of Marmite. I brought a jar of Bovril for one one time for one reason. I have no idea why. I didn't really eat Bovril at the time. Boxes of stuffing, packets of crisps. I brought a pot noodle. I don't know why I decided to bring a pot noodle. I don't even like them that much, but yeah, I brought a pot noodle. And the most hilarious thing was trying to explain to the security guard at, well, at customs in Mexico what Marmite was because they weren't quite sure. And I was able to explain, oh, it's like a jam. And they like opened it up and they were like, this isn't a jam that like black thickness of tree cord. I was like, yeah, well, it's like a jam, but it's an English thing that you don't understand. So, so anyway, one of the, um, but then one of the things I realized over time was I don't need all of this stuff. So, and I found that I actually enjoy the foods at Christmas here more than like, you know, like hoarding Cadbury's chocolate or trying to find 
you know, you know, Paxo stuffing or something like that, that from my Christmases in the UK. And I tend to enjoy the Christmas traditions here as much, if not more than the Christmas traditions in the UK. And that's just come from like many, many years of experience and realizing, oh, you don't actually need all of this stuff. But I find the teachers that struggle the most or the staff that struggle the most are the ones that will, are people who will focus on the fact that they don't have X, Y, or Z here. That's one thing that I always sort of find. The other thing you can do as well is, well, obviously not right now, but the other the thing you can do a lot is travel and use it as an opportunity to the holiday period to travel and see either the country you're living in or the country that, you know, countries around you that you're living in. I know, for example, that if you live in the Middle East or you want to teach and work in the Middle East, there, for example, if you live in a country like Bahrain, it's really, really easy to go out and explore other parts of the Middle East and get to sort of see more of the country, other countries or more of that area in particular. When I was a kid, we used to live abroad uh, in China and that's what we used to do pretty much all the time. My my dad's company was a Swedish company that he worked for and being Swedish, they had very, very sort of set rules about holidays and family time. So their policy was going to the UK to visit family is not a holiday. You have to do that. It's kind of like almost like a chore. <laughs> that's the best way I can describe it. So it's it's not a holiday, but you do need to go and see your family for you to be a good worker. So you have holiday time and then you have time off as well, paid time off to go and see your family. And so a lot of the time we would go in the summertime when I had a lot more time off school as a student to spend a longer time in the UK to visit as many people as possible. And then in the Christmas time, we would have like a holiday somewhere. So you used to be able to like travel, like we were living in Beijing and this was pre handover of Hong Kong in early or mid 1990s China, when it was pretty much a communist country, not like anymore where it's a where it's pretending to be a communist country. And it was really, really hard for us to buy anything. So we used to go to Hong Kong uh, to do shopping and things like that, basically, literally for me to go clothes shopping. It was great because it's like, oh, wow, you're in this amazing exotic country. Like, this is really, really cool. And then my mom would be like, right, yep, we're going to spend about 12 hours shopping for all the clothes that doesn't, you know, that we can't get hold of in China have fun. So yeah, there's loads of options like that. When I was living in Brazil, we used to have, if you teach internationally in the southern hemisphere you'll actually get a longer christmas break um, because of the term time so the academic year in most countries in the southern hemisphere will start in january february time more or less i think yeah uh, and they will have a, a summer break as in a summer break in terms of the northern hemisphere so like during the during you know july august but only for a couple of weeks and the longer term will be their summer vacation which will fall over the holiday period, over the festive period. Um, the school I worked at in followed the, a Northern Hemisphere academic calendar, but they realized that Brazilian parents who are used to a, a Southern Hemisphere academic calendar wouldn't just accept uh, like two weeks off during Christmas time because that was when the summer holidays were. So, you know, people would want to go traveling and do X, Y, and Z. So what they did was a compromise and we would have four weeks at Christmas and a slightly shorter end of summer break or end of term break for the Northern Hemisphere. So we'd have like around five weeks around July time, um, which meant that we could have like two weeks. A lot of people were able to go to the UK for Christmas and spend a much longer time at Christmas and not have to rush back. Um, but a lot of people would have maybe even just one or two weeks 
in the UK and then spend two weeks traveling around Brazil. We actually, me and my wife actually had two weeks traveling around Argentina. We drove from Buenos Aires all the way down to Bariloche. Uh, we rented a car and just drove all the way down. We had loads of time to be able to do that as well. And that's sort of some of the advantages that you can have when you don't, um, when you don't uh, worry too much about visiting the UK or things like that. So anyway, we're talking about Christmas breaks, Christmas breaks internationally here on the Late Late Show with me, Rich Wrigley. Please do text in. Uh, it's always great to hear for, uh, from everyone here. I know it's the holiday season, so people there's we're probably a little lighter on listeners than usual. Please do text in. It's always great to hear from people. If you have any questions about teaching internationally at this time of year, during the festive period, how people uh, cope with it, because it can be kind of a stressful time for people, uh, at this time of year as well um with everything going on um yeah i'm sorry i'm umming a lot as well i just realized that my my adhd mind is getting very very distracted with everything that's popping up on the screen so i apologize for that um yes so we're talking about so we're talking about what people do in the christmas break here we can talk a little bit about what happens in mexican christmas holidays as well the food here is absolutely fantastic um i know in some previous shows we were talking about uh christmas traditions or things like that that people follow and do you have special christmas traditions or things like that uh, mexican christmas christmas traditions are absolutely fantastic normally you have something called uh you'll have something called a posada a posada literally means stable i think or it can translate literally to that um because you can say the phrase no room at the inn you can say like no tienes espacio en la posada You're, i think so i think it means literally uh something along those lines but posadas also means like parties as well and it's the start of the festive period and it actually starts the festive period starts on the 12th of December. And the reason it's the 12th of December is because that is the, oh, I'm going to say this so wrong. I'm sorry about this, but this is the uh, Dia de Guadalupe or the Dia, Dia de Virgin. And so Day of Guadalupe or the Day of the Virgin. So it's the day to celebrate uh, the Virgin Mary, which has probably arguably more of an important role in particularly Mexican Catholicism than uh than jesus for example and the reason being the 12th of december being being important is because just outside of mexico city or actually just on the boundary of mexico city up near the basilica de guadalupe which is now one i think latin america's largest cathedral or like it's basically like a complex of cathedrals it's absolutely massive but on the hills of that area several hundred years ago during the spanish occupation uh, an indigenous person saw uh, an apparition of the Virgin Mary and it's become like the and called Guadalupe and it's the patron saint of I'm getting this all wrong but basically like the Virgin Mary was seen and it was a way of trying to the story is most likely hypocritical and it was a way of trying to sort of encourage local indigenous people to become Catholic as opposed to you know uh, secular or otherwise basically that happened on the 12th of december and so what it starts off with is people or pilgrims coming from like walking some people walk on their knees people cycling from all over uh, mexico with uh, statues or statuettes of uh, guadalupe of the virgin uh, to come and celebrate and sort of sort of commemorate that at the Basilica de Guadalupe, this big, big statue, uh, big, big sort of cathedral-like complex. And then from like the 20th 
onwards, you start what are called posadas. And posadas are just basically Christmas parties. But they have certain kinds of traditions. It's where piñatas originated from, or one of the first uses of piñatas. And it's really weird. My wife always finds this very interesting. Like, North American people's ideas, and when I say North Americans, I mean sort of Norte Americanos, so like... Like American Americans or Canadians or Europeans have this idea of what a piñata looks like. And it's like a donkey. It's like one of those things that you could buy in a supermarket. And that was my idea of what a piñata looked like, kind of like a small little thing uh, shaped like a donkey um, in kind of multicolors and like kind of that crepe paper. And they don't really have those. You can have piñatas of any kind of shape and size. Uh, the most fashionable one at the moment are covid <laughs> covid piñatas because they're really easy to make uh, because you just need a ball so you just blow up a balloon and then cover it with paper mache which is really easy to make and then you just put spikes on it so there are covid there are covid vaccinations when trump was in power there were a lot of trump piñatas but you can get you know normally for a kid's birthday party you would get you know whatever their favorite thing was so if they're really into spider-man you'll get a spider-man piñata those kind of things um but the most traditional ones are the ones that you have at christmas time and they kind of look like christmas ornaments they're basically a sphere which has got all you know similar to the covid the covid piñata a sphere with all of the candy inside of it um they used to be made of clay and they were really, really hard to break. And that's why they're kind of circular in shape. Now they're made of paper mache, um, but they're still quite tough to break. And then around the outside are cones in points. And the cones, there should be seven cones surrounding the 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 circular, like the, the sphere. And the seven cones represent the seven deadly sins. And the idea is that you're attacking them and you're, you know, like you're beating the seven deadly sins. Um, and that's so like one of the traditions there is that kind of thing from piñatas. Another thing as well is singing kind of like Christmas carols, but it's kind of like a reenactment of the nativity. So pretty much every family will have, um, especially if they're practicing Catholic, will have a nativity scene in their houses of some kind. And if you're hosting a posada, half of the party will go outside with the nativity scene and with candles and things like that. And you'll sing as you walk around the block and you'll basically sort of say, you know, singing, saying like, so, like themes of like, we've been traveling very long and, you know, please let us in at the end. And the other half inside of the, um, inside of the posada will sing back to you. And they're like the innkeepers. And you say like, no, there's no room at the end and things like that. And you kind of sing a carol backwards and forwards to each other. And then eventually, you know, the people outside were are let in for want of a better word. Um, but yeah, those are some of the traditions you have. And then on top of that, we have, you know, Christmas meals, Christmas dinners, all of those kind of things. The thing that threw me was that the 24th of December is the big day here. So Christmas Eve is the big day. And that's where you would gather with your family and eat you know, like eat a Christmas meal, normally quite late as well. Although my family tends to, because we've got a few British people in the family, um, tend to eat more at an earlier time. Still like kind of early evening time is when you would eat dinner, but some people eat it very late. And it's kind of a weird mix of every kind of culture that's arrived to Mexico. So you will have Turkey, um, I think turkey originated in Mexico. It definitely originated in North America, but I can't remember where. But yeah, you'd have like roast turkey or roast ham, things like that. And then you would have 
um, a pasta of some kind as well. Um, normally some kind of like Alfredo pasta or something like that. Um, and there's a big Italian influence in Mexico as well. So that's one thing that you would have. You'd have like veggies and things like that. You'd have a salad that's not a salad. It's more like a Waldorf salad kind of thing. It's very, very sweet. It's very, very creamy. Um, but you would also have things called like bacalao, which comes, I think it comes from like the Portuguese and Spanish influence. Um, it's smoked cod, basically. Um, and that's something that now reminds me of Christmas because during the Christmas period, pretty much from like the 1st of December, maybe even late November, every supermarket has bacalao, so smoked cod, and it's just lying about because it's smoked. So it's kept in, it's just dried smoked cod. And it does have quite a pungent smell uh, when it's in its sort of like normal state or what it, when it's in its smoked state. So that smell now of kind of like smoky fishy smell um, of dried fishy smell now reminds me of Christmas. Every time I smell it, I go, oh, I feel really Christmassy. So, um, so yeah, that's one of the risks of teaching in Mexico or living in Mexico is that you'll you'll um, you'll smell smoked cod every December time, and it does become quite. You can notice it a lot. I'm very thankful at the moment that you have to wear masks inside of supermarkets because I just can't smell it anymore at this point. Um, but yeah, then you would sort of, you know, like rehydrate it and it goes in all sorts of things. People put it in like pastries and little pasties and things like that. Oh, incidentally as well, we have pasties over here as well. Um, pasties were invented, well, obviously in Cornwall, and they were brought over here by Cornish miners. There was a big province or area in Mexico and the Mexican government... 150 years ago, um, wanted experienced miners, particularly tin miners, and the Cornish were the one <laughs> were the ones who came over. Um, and a lot of the actual football clubs that still exist today um, were founded by British, particularly Cornish miners and things like that. So I think Pachuca, which were, they were in the Club World Cup a couple of years ago, they were founded by founded by amateur uh, sort of Cornish miners about 150 years ago. Anyway, please do text in. Um, it's great to hear from everyone at the moment, um, and it's great to have some people texting in. Uh, UK Path FKJ has just texted in to say good evening all. Teaching in Belgium, most of the uh, oh, my dyslexia is kicking in. Most of the Christmas traditions take place on the twenty fourth, gift slash meal, and I miss the usual December twenty fifth. Christmas Day feels a little flat over here. It feels more like an English Boxing Day. Yeah, that's very similar to here as well. Yeah, it's more like an English Boxing Day the twenty fifth. It is a day off, um, or like it, it would be a puente. We call it like a bridge day, so a day off. Um, I think the 25th is a day off. The 26th isn't. Um, luckily for me, I'm not the only English person in our family. Um, my brother-in-law is also English and also my nephews are half English, half Mexican. So we do two Christmases, which is double whammy. It basically means that we have Christmas dinner, like Mexican Christmas dinner. So like turkey, pasta, uh, loads of all the different types of things, lots of chilies and all these kind of things on the 24th which is great. And then on the 25th, we do, me and my brother-in-law do English Christmas dinner for everyone. So we do, we basically have the leftover meat from the turkey, the ham or whatever from the 24th, because there's always some leftovers. And then we just do all of the sides possible, basically. So like roast potatoes, carrots, sprouts, all of that good stuff. 
And then on the 26th, pretty much until the 12th of January, we just sort of live off leftovers. It's really, really good. But by the end of the 25th, you're so full of such rich meals that you can just sort of hear the blood pumping through your arteries, like straining to go through your arteries. Um, so, yeah, it does. But when I first got here, the 25th did feel a little flat. Um, it's kind of a weird feeling, but it's it's nice, I suppose, in a way. Um, but the the hardest thing at the moment is making for us is on the 25th being able to sort of like video call or call people back in the UK because of the time differences and things like that as well, um, which is kind of tricky. Uh, Seema's just texted in to say as well, a lot of my European friends have Christmas traditions on the 24th too. I wonder if it's just the UK that celebrates it on the 25th. I mean, I lived in the States in Canada as well. I mean, like Canada, when I lived in Canada, they had Boxing Day, for example, obviously, because, you know, Empire and you know colonialism <laughs> but um in america too they have it on the 20 you know the 25th is the big day from what i remember when i lived in Ge when i lived in germany when i was teaching in germany i don't really remember much because i was only there for two years and we only had one christmas in germany the other one we came we went back to the uk for um and I can't, I can't remember if it was the 24th or 25th, but I do remember in Germany, everything's closed all the time. Like every Sunday, just on a regular Sunday, everything is closed. So I'm sure they would probably close on the 24th and the 25th, whether or not it was a holiday or not, or whether or not it was the big day. Um, it's also, I'm also kind of not biased, but I lived in Cologne, which is a big Catholic area of Germany as well. And I'm imagining the 24th is because of a Catholic influence. So for example, my grandparents or one of my grandparents who uh, my on my Indian side of the family is or was Catholic. Um, and they used to go to like midnight mass and things like that on the 24th. And I remember my mum telling me as well that when they lived in India and things like that, they would have their Christmas meal on the evening of the 24th. And that was because my grandfather was Catholic. Um, so maybe it was something to do with that. I'm not sure. Um, but I think it's more down to sort of like whether you follow like an Anglican Protestant side or more of a Catholic side of things. I think that's kind of what it's down to. After that as well, we have New Year's here as well. Um, there are many, there's a load of weird New Year's traditions. And I think a lot of Latin America has this as well. New Year's traditions uh, here, are you have to eat 12 grapes. And so it's really weird because basically around the 20, straight after Christmas, around the 28th, 29th of um, December, you'll just see an abundance of grapes in the shops. And that's because everyone is buying them. Everyone, you know, if you have a party of 10, even just 10 people, you need 120 grapes. Um, and the idea is that when the bells strike on midnight, you have to eat 12 grapes. And I can't remember if you have to eat it within a certain amount of time, or you have to eat a grape on the strike of each bell or something like that. And it's one of the traditions that you would do for, for good luck and I can't remember if you make a wish each time and then your wishes come true or if it's something along those lines. But that's one thing you would do. Um, but then also you <laughs> you will do some traditions if you want uh, sort of good luck. One thing you have to do is sweep <laughs> on midnight as well. So one, one New Year's, I saw my wife piling grapes into her and sweeping with a dustpan and brush at the same time on the stroke of midnight. Um, 
And I think sweeping represents just sort of prosperity, good luck and good health in the new year, kind of like a clean sweep of everything. Um, but one other thing you can do as well is if you want to travel or if you want to have a year filled with travel, one of the things you will do is run around your house or run around your apartment block or wherever with luggage, with suitcases. And at midnight, if you do that, that would represent good luck for traveling in the new year. And one year we did, it was actually the year before we moved from Mexico to Brazil. And we run around our house with, you know, like uh, suitcases and things. And we bumped into a couple of other people going, oh, hello, this is awesome. So uh, it's, I think if we all do that, so Seema's just texted in to say, I'll be doing that uh, this year in case. If we all do that, hopefully that means that COVID will go away. I'm, I'm no scientific expert, but this might actually be probably more thought out scientific policy than the Tory government's scientific policy at the moment anyway. Um, and the other tradition as well is wearing underwear diff of different colours. So you would wear red underwear on New Year's Eve or on the stroke of midnight if you want uh, uh, to be lucky in love the following year and yellow underwear if you want to be or make a lot of money in the new year as well and again little market shops will open up so like if you go to a market and things like that straight after christmas you'll see loads of grapes on sales you know the usual things like fireworks sparklers all of those things and then just a stand selling an, an unusual amount of yellow and red underwear basically as well um so that's pretty much like the big sort of festivities you start on the 12th and then it ends on the like the last big one which i could you could argue is probably bigger than christmas day for a lot of uh, people here and that's the 6th of january so that's um what is it here the epiphany in the uk it's the, the the only day i know it as or knew it as was the 6th of january you took down the christmas tree or you had to take it down by the end of that day or it's bad luck um in my dad's case that normally just meant throwing the christmas tree out onto the garden and leaving it there for six months and then dealing with it later um but here it's more of a big thing um so here it's uh, the day of the kings or day of the free wise men um and it's the day that the free kings i'm going to call them kings um because that's how mexicans call them but when i'm saying kings i just mean the three wise men and it's the day that the three wise men arrive or um i think it's when they show up in the um what's the word when they show up at the stable with the gifts and everything like that and it's also the day in mexico that the three kings come and visit children and leave them gifts um so before santa claus which was kind of an american thing uh, before santa claus used to visit mexico um the three kings would just visit mexico and that would be the main day where uh, children would get presents from the three kings um and you would get three presents and children will before January 6th, write their letters to the three kings to ask them. Um, the traditional way of doing this is just basically getting a balloon filled with helium and literally writing your list on the helium balloon, tying it to the piece of string of the helium balloon and sending it off. Um, it's a little bit wasteful at the moment, but that's what a lot of people still do. Um, I really, really like this story. You also can have, just like in the shopping malls in the UK, you can visit Santa in the shopping malls or Father Christmas. You can visit the Free Kings in the shopping mall as well, uh, which is kind of odd as well. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of like the day of kings and things like that. Um, that's also the day where you'll eat something called Rosca de, de los Reyes. It, I think it means it's, it, it's a round kind of ringed bread. Um, it's like a round cake, um, but kind of more bready, kind of more pastry like. Um, and it's in the shape of like a crown, basically. And it's covered with like uh, jellied fruits and things like that. And inside of these roscas are 
two or three choking hazards, basically. <laughs> um, there are two or three little models of the baby Jesus, of the Nino Jesus. And it's kind of like the old tradition of the Christmas pudding in the UK, where you will have a sixpence, an old sixpence piece in the Christmas pudding, and whoever gets that gets good luck or whatever. Um, whoever gets this, or whoever doesn't choke on Jesus, but discovers Jesus, whoever finds Jesus, I'm so sorry if I'm going to be offensive about this, I try, I'm going to try not to be, um, whoever finds um, whoever finds Jesus uh, gets good luck, and because they have good luck and they are blessed, and this is no joke unless my in-laws have been winding me up for 10 years, um, because I always seem to win Jesus, um, the person who wins Jesus has to buy everyone tamales, <laughs> So the the Mexican breakfast food that's like steamed in a banana leaf and made out of cornmeal, everyone has to buy tamales for the people eating the rosca uh, on the 2nd of February. And it's on the 2nd of February that people get together and eat the tamales and things like that. But it's it's got to the point where people are so cheap that people would try and swallow the Jesus as um, so that they didn't look like they'd... Um, you know, one Jesus or things like that. Um, I know at work, for example, like you go to work and people will bring out a Rosca and like people in school will have one between their department. I'll buy one for the science team and things like that. And people will like actively try. It's like a game of Jenga. They're trying strategically work out which piece to take without pulling the baby Jesus, um, which sounds really weird out of context, but it does make a lot of sense. So anyway, yeah, those are kind of like the, the festivals that we start off with from the 12th, of December celebrating the Guadalupe de, uh, Dia de Guadalupe, all the way up to Posadas throughout the month, you know, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, all of that kind of thing. And then it ends on uh, Dia de Reyes, the Day of the Kings. Um, that's about a month long as well. So I think there's things called like the Marathon de Reyes and things like that, where it's like basically you just nonstop drink each day <laughs> of starting from the 12th and ending on the on the 6th of January, basically. Um, please do text in. We're talking about sort of tr Christmas traditions uh, when you teach abroad or live abroad. I've been, obviously, I live in Mexico, so I've been talking about Christmas traditions here in Mexico. Uh, Jeff's just texted in to say, hi there, good evening all. This is my first time listening. Oh, well, welcome. English teacher, ex-head of year, but immigrated to Belgium last year. Now in my second year teaching in an EU school. Oh, wow. Was, I'd love to know what that's like. I didn't, when I worked in the EU, um, I worked in a British school, but I didn't really know much about like what German schools were getting on. So, so getting back to that, in my second year teaching in an EU school, 11 to 18 years old in Brussels, uh, culture shock after 10 years in Essex. Hope you're all well. I oh, hope you're well too there, Jeff. Thanks for texting in. It's great to, it's great to hear from you. I hope you're enjoying the show. Um, yeah, I can imagine definitely Brussels being a bit of a culture shock compared to Essex for sure. Um, I said, su I, I suppose the lucky thing is you're able to, well, as a not in the last year and a half and certainly not now but you're able to get back a little bit uh to the uk every now and then and things like that um but yeah definitely the i remember when i moved to europe it was a bit of a culture shock for for me and for my wife who's mexican for for uh, both of us we found the directness particularly of germans to be a little jarring at first because when we when you first arrive in mexico british people seem really rude and blunt and to the point and it's just because you're like, big go like, hey, how's things? Oh, by the way, have you got that report for me or whatever? And in Mexico, that's considered really, really rude. You have to go like, hola, buenos dias, como estas? And then you have like a little backwards and forwards of chit chat. And then you'll go, oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to disturb you, but do you possibly have, you know, like that report I asked you for and things like that? And if you don't phrase it that way, 
it becomes really really rude and direct um <laughs> and it's it's quite funny because like you you can see teachers or like certain teachers who are like crazy polite uh, then like really worry or like come off as rude all of the time it's kind of like interesting anyway we're going to pause briefly um it's great hearing from all of you uh we're going to just pause briefly for the commercials for uh for a quick commercial break as well as the news update as well let me oh my effects were going to be so on point okay we're going to pause for the news now are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, Follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish, the UK's childhood bereavement charity. Winston's Wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Scotland, the SSTA union is calling for a delayed opening for schools after the Christmas holidays because of the Omicron variant. Seamus Searson, General Secretary of the Scottish Secondary Teachers Association said, if the numbers keep going up, and it looks like that is going to be the case for some time to come, then we are not going to be in a fit state to reopen schools as normal in January. We're already hearing of schools that are not fully staffed and parents are keeping their kids off to ensure they don't catch COVID in the run-up to Christmas. The idea that we need to keep schools open at all costs just doesn't add up. Delaying the start of the new term would give teachers more time to prepare for mitigation measures. A Scottish Government spokesman said, the Scottish Government is not considering school closures. As the First Minister has made clear, protecting the education of children and young people remains a top priority. England, a teaching union has warned of a perfect storm of Omicron-related absences, following Nadim Sahawi's letter to school leaders urging them to encourage ex-teachers back to the classroom. General Secretary of the NAS UWT, Dr Patrick Roach said, far more action is needed to improve the current market for supply teachers, which is nothing short of a national scandal. The government must address the delays with the DBS clearances and meet the costs of DBS certification 
so those teachers who do return to the profession are not left paying the bill. Dr Roach said that without guarantees from the government on teachers' pay and working conditions, the teaching supply crisis will continue for some time to come. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. This week we're going to look at one of the simplest, freely available, yet least used browser technologies, the Reader View. Chrome versus Edge, let the battle commence! On screen one, I have Microsoft Edge, weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. On screen two, I have Google Chrome, also weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. Round one, opening Reader View. On the Edge browser, the immersive reader feature is built in and can be activated by a button on the address bar. By typing read followed by a colon in front of a URL and also you can simply press F9. Before you can open Reader View in Chrome, you have to install it as an extension. It's free and not difficult. Once installed, you'll find it in extensions located to the right of the address bar. One point to Immersive Reader. Round two, features. Both come out fighting with the read aloud feature that allows the user to adjust the read speed, skip forward and back, and change the voice that is reading. They both also highlight the word being read. Chrome Reader has a volume control, which is a nice touch if not using headphones. One point, Chrome Reader. Round three, readability. A big feature for reader views is the ability to change the formatting to suit the user. Both allow easy changing of font size, font and text width on the screen, but they differ in background colour features. Here is where Immersive Reader offers quite a bit more. Chrome Reader offers eight background slash contrast colours, four light and four dark. Immersive Reader provides 23 background options, green, pink, yellow and blue included, allowing pupils with visual needs to find a comfortable colour. One point, Immersive Reader. Round four, editing. Chrome Reader features a design mode. This allows you to highlight text and make changes. Quite useful if wanting to pick out key points to return to. Immersive Reader does not have this feature. One point Chrome Reader. Round five, extra features. Immersive Reader has a grammar feature, allowing words to be split into syllables. You can highlight nouns, verbs, adjectives and adverbs by flicking switches. This feature is not offered on Chrome Reader. One point Immersive Reader. Immersive Reader also offers reading preferences, featuring line focus of five, three or one line, blocking out the rest of the page. There's a picture dictionary, allowing some words to change the pointer to a magic wand that reveals a picture depicting it. Also, there's a translation feature allowing partial or full translation of a page into 88 different languages at the click of a button. Chrome Reader does not offer these features, however, other free products such as Google Translate could be used. Immersive Reader takes the point because you don't need to leave the page. Final score! Winning with 4 points to 2 after a blistering final round is Microsoft Immersive Reader, but let's face it, most people don't know these things exist. If you were one of them, please do something about it. See if these features are installed in your school, and if not, request they are. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. And we're back to the Late Late Show with me, Rich Wrigley. Uh, Jeff's just texted in to say, on tradition, we have eight different sections in the school. So in the school you're teaching in in, Bel- uh, in Belgium, I'm assuming, German, French, Swedish, Portuguese, Dutch, Finnish, Italian, English, Lithuanian, and Estonian. Wow. And each section always celebrates their traditions. In other words, there's always something going on. It's amazingly inspiring uh, environment to work in. That sounds like a really, really good idea. Um, so is this kind of like a house system that you would have 
Um, I'm imagining like a lot of schools in the UK will have like four houses or things like that, normally named after old white people like Chaucer or something like that, that has no relevance to <laughs> to their to the students in this day and age and things like that. And so it's very, very hard to cultivate house spirit. Um, that's a really, really good way of actually, if, if I'm right, of being able to sort of get you know, students to share some, you know, like some cultural experiences together, but also form like a, a bond together outside of an academic setting. That sounds really, really awesome. Uh, from the, uh, from the, what was I going to say? From the TTR headquarters in London, uh, Tom Rogers has just texted in to say, I'd be in trouble with Mexican etiquette. Um, yeah. So I'm in trouble all the time with Mexican etiquette. I'm, I'm seen as really, really blunt. Um, what's really interesting is my mother-in-law, thinks I sound when I speak Spanish that I sound um I sound very sort of relaxed and like I f like the way I speak Spanish is very fluttery um so it's like hola como esta is like very sing-songy um my my mother-in-law doesn't speak English so but obviously she's heard me speak English to you know other people like to my brother-in-law to other people in our family to friends to my wife and things like that and so when I speak English to her it sounds very authoritarian <laughs> and very very blunt um hope Hopefully that's just not when I'm talking to my wife, hopefully. Um, but um, it is it is really interesting. And it also kind of links into theory of knowledge. I've done a couple of episodes, if you want to listen back, a couple of uh, yeah, a couple of months ago with David Fairweather, another th physics teacher and theory of knowledge teacher who works in an international school. And one thing I found really, really interesting, especially with international students, is the language that they think in or the language that they speak can affect the way they think as well. And I've noticed now, for example, that when I'm teaching some things, um, I'll know the Spanish word for it at first and forget the English word for it. And I was trying to teach the primary like components of a telescope. And I was trying to say eyepiece, like the eyepiece lens. And I kept calling it ocular. And I was like, no, 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 I need to, what's the word of this in English? And I, I was thinking more in Spanish uh, than I was thinking in English. Um, I don't know if that's, a good read on my Spanish or just how bad my English is. But yes, anyway, uh, we're going to just quickly pause for a quick announcement as well. Um, on the 29th of December, so that is in eight days time, we will be doing on Teachers Talk Radio a 24 hour Twitter space to help support Bowel Cancer UK uh, and the founding one of the founding te Teachers Talk Radio hosts, uh, Matthew Williams. We're going to be streaming live on Twitter spaces from midnight on the 29th of December up until midnight on the 29th of December. So basically from zero, uh, zero, zero point zero one hours, like basically like first thing as the clocks roll over. So basically from 11.59 p.m. on the 28th of December all the way up until 11.59 on the 29th of December. That's the best way. Uh, it's the best way I can describe it. Tom Rogers already texted and said, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, I'm going to be doing the slot from, oh, I can't remember, but I'm going to be doing the slot, and these are all times that are UK. Uh, we're going to be doing the slot from, oh, I think it is 2 a.m. in the morning until 4 a.m. I'm not expecting anyone to actually no i am expecting you to be up what am i saying oh gosh so no i am expecting you all to be up um jeff yes you definitely need to get involved please call in anytime i'll be doing the slot on the 
I've forgotten already. Uh, you can tell my brain is frazzled from a term uh, teaching in person after 18 months of teaching online. I'll be doing the slot from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. on the 29th of December. That's it, 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. Yep, thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, Mr. Uh, Tom Rogers. Thank you very much. Yeah, please do text in uh, all of those times. I need to learn how to do that because I'm an old millennial and I'm confused and find new technology scary. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to be trying to think about how to talk for two hours straight. Hopefully, I won't be too tired because that's about, I think that's 8 a.m. That's 8 p.m. to uh, 10 p.m. my time. So it's a little bit easier. If you're in Belgium, the slot that I would be in would be from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. But yeah, so it's going to be a 24-hour live Twitter space uh, in supporting Bowel Cancer UK, as well as founding Teachers Talk Radio host Matthew Williams. Uh, it's a really, really uh, insightful story. I'm going to try and find the story basically um, really, really quickly. But um, just to, so Matt was a founding member, uh, founding member, member of Teachers Talk Radio. Uh, Tom Rogers actually worked with him between uh, 2008 and 2013. Um, but unfortunately, Matt was diagnosed with bowel cancer uh, and had to give up his Teachers Talk Radio host um, slot as a result of chemotherapy uh it's still ongoing but meanwhile matt has managed to walk a hundred miles for bowel cancer and raise a huge amount of money so far so we're hoping as well that we can raise some money for a really really worthy cause um so we're going to try and support uh in whatever way we can please there will be links on the teachers talk radio twitter handle of how you can donate and how you can get involved and if you're not following teachers talk radio um Teachers Talk Radio's Twitter handle is at TT Radio 2021. So that's at TT Radio, all one word, 2021. Okay. Um, so yeah, please do join in. It's going to be really, really good fun. Um, I'm going to try and think about what I can say for about two hours. There's going to be a lot of talk about Mexico. I don't know. Um, I also think that the 29th of December, talking about traditions, is the... Uh, Mexican April Fool's Day. Apologies for my Foley work because I'm going to Google it very, very quickly. Apologies for my Foley work uh, and thank you. It's actually, it says here, first thing Mexico News Daily in Mexico, April Fool's Day falls in December and celebrates the innocence. So it's like, be careful. The article says, be careful not to lend money. You may never be repaired, uh, repaid. Repaired. There's no need to wait until April to play a trick on someone. Mexico's equivalent of April Fool's Day is December 28th. So actually, when I'll be live streaming uh, during the 24 hour live stream, I'll be streaming from 2 a.m. UK time, which will be 8 p.m. on the 28th of December. Mexico time. So I'll be tweeting in uh, or live talking during Mexico April Fools. It's not really April Fools. They have April Fools here as well. It's called Dia de los Santos Innocentes, which literally means D Day of the Holy Innocence or Day of the Saintly Innocence, I would say. And it's a day for all kinds of practical jokes. Uh, but beware of lending money. According to, according to tradition, if you ask someone for money on that day, uh, there is no obligation to pay anything back borrowed on this day. Okay, uh, the tradition is based on a traditional, tragic, biblical story. Aren't all 
biblical story is tragic. Anyway, according to the Gospel of St. Matthew, when King Herod warned of the birth of the new king, the baby Jesus, he sent soldiers to kill all boys under the age of two to maintain a hold on his kingdom. The children killed on this day are known as the Holy Innocents or Santos Innocentes. Jesus escaped the slaughter because of his parents were warned by the uh, by an angel and fled. Ah, so I didn't know that. That's where it comes from. So yeah, anyway, Mexican April Fool's Day or Catholic April Fool's Day, I would say, would be on August, December 28th. So um, I'm going to I'm going to be asking for money as well on that day as well. But I'm going to be asking for money for bowel cancer UK. So um, and obviously you're not going to be able you're getting it back <laughs> technically. So I'm technically uh, doing. Uh, that kind of thing i guess anyway so yeah we're talking about uh, sort of traditions holiday traditions things like that we've got another couple of minutes before the end of the show um i just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone listening and tuning in it really makes uh, it a lot more fun when i like get to hear some good comments and some good things uh, people texting in and things like that i'm going to try and get some more people to come and you know guests who come and talk so, uh, in the new year with me so it's not just me talking at a screen uh, for an hour or so because that kind of gives me PTSD to when I was teaching online just basically talking at a screen and f- pretending to keep hold of my sanity as we were going on um, but I hope you've had a really really good year it's been a really really great year for Teachers Talk Radio we've gone from strength to strength and it's really really cool to see how it's grown in such a short space of time um, I think a lot of that is down to lockdown I mean a lot of the reason why I'm following so many great educators and uh people is because of um lockdown basically when i was when we first went into lockdown in march of 2020 we i I really missed that sort of interaction that sort of connection that you would get with teachers just sort of sharing ideas in passing very informally you know like in the staff room or between lessons and things like that i really really missed that vibe and so i decided to go on twitter i had a twitter account for for years but it only had like you know, two followers or something basically like that. And I started looking for educators and and people to follow. And two of the organizations that I followed that had a massive impact on keeping me sane during lockdown, one of them was Chat Physics, which is a group of physics educators. Uh, please do give them a follow, Chat Physics, basically at Chat Physics. They also do Chat Biology at Chat Biology and Chat Chemistry at chat chemistry as well really great if you are a science educator or a specialist educator and you just want to share ideas they have a lot of great sort of twitter talks every week uh, they do a week, an annual conference lots of great things really really do check them out and the second place here was teachers talk radio i started listening to a couple of shows and actually started listening to a couple of shows because of chat physics there was a couple of chat physics people that were doing uh shows or on shows so I started listening to a few of those and thought, well, right, I'll give this a go. And it's really given me something to, you know, keep me sort of thinking about education because I don't want to get stale or anything like that. Um, but I think we're pretty much out of time. I'm going to end it there. Thank you again. Hope you all have a safe and happy holidays. If you celebrate Christmas, have a Merry Christmas. If not, I hope you all enjoy a really, really well earned break. Um, please rest. Please stay safe. Please keep wearing a mask. Hope you can all get your boosters booster shots as quickly as possible um and everything like that and i hope you're all hopeful uh, hopeful (laughs) hopefully that you're all safe and uh healthy uh not just over the christmas period or over the winter break but also during the uh, new academic year as well hopefully uh omicron is not going to be too bad touch wood and hopefully we're not going to go into hybrid models or lockdown lessons or anything like that um as long as we're sort of relatively safe 
hopefully we won't be <laughs> going into lockdown learning or anything like that. If you haven't followed us already before I head off, uh, please do follow us on TT Radio, um, on Twitter at TT Radio 2021. TT Radio, all one word, 2021. You can also follow me on Twitter if you want. Uh, my handle is uh, Rich Random Fizz, uh, R I C H Random and then P-H-Y-S. You can also find find me on there as well. Uh, thank you so much. I hope you all have a very happy new year, a Merry Christmas, all of that good stuff. Please don't forget to tune in on Twitter on the 29th of December for our 24-hour Twitter space. I'll be there from 2 a.m. on the 29th of December. I am expecting you to be there now. Don't worry, you can. You don't have to be there. But I understand if not, okay? Anyway, that's be, this has been The Late Late Show with me, Richard Wrigley. Hope, to, hope you have a lovely Christmas, Happy New Year, and I'll see you all in the new year. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio.